0: Okay, picture this. You're a kid sitting in the salon with your mom while they braid your hair. One strand over the other and listening to the woman talking sports? Sit back, relax, and whatever you do, don't touch my jersey. And don't miss your standing appointment with C every Wednesday at 11. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Do Not Touch My Jersey. Come in, take a seat, get cozy. We are here today with Bakerfield's finest, one of the best, podcast extraordinaire, the one and only Erica McCall. Hello. What's
1: good? What's good? Thank you for having me, See, i I'm hyped to be on. Thank you.
0: Of course, of course. I'm hyped to have you. So I don't know if you've listened to the show before, but I've usually tried to start with... I don't don't want to call it an icebreaker because that's corny. And I've been trying to come up with a new name for it (laughs) because I like to use this metaphor for the show of a hair salon. So I'm trying to stay in that mode. And I think I'm going to go with Starter Lock as my my nickname. That's tough.
1: I dig it. I dig it. Trademark said
0: (laughs) Starter Lock. I like
1: that. That's what's up.
0: I was trying to think of what I was going to come up with for you. And originally, all the questions I came up with were super corny not great one of them was what was your favorite bird so I think that just shows you how bad they were Um, (laughs) and I knew that was not acceptable so I was sitting there thinking about you about the vibes that I get from you and I feel like although I know you're not from the south you give me very southern energy like I feel like when I listen to you it like I don't know something about the way you talk just gives me like southern girl um And it reminded me of when I was spending a lot of time in the South growing up. So it made me think of this question that I feel like most people have an answer for, but I want to see if you do. What is something that you were not allowed to say as a kid?
1: (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) Um, We were not allowed, me and my brother, we were not allowed to say lie that's a lie yeah we had to say like he, he fibbed or he's not telling the truth yeah we definitely could say that um and but like we couldn't say but we had to say bottom um anything like you know very scientific terms for it, Got it. <laughs> like, like anatomy class <laughs> exactly uh but lie was a big one like that was like a no-go cannot
0: say lie. I feel like that's a common one that I've heard of. I definitely experienced that too. I was only allowed to say told a story and even (laughs) then I couldn't say that if it was an adult so it was like very specific um but were there any songs or tv shows that you weren't allowed to listen to?
1: My parents were pretty uh pretty lax with me um growing up. I, I watched a lot um they even watch, let me watch Flavor Love, which is kind of <laughs> like my, <laughs> got me into my passion with reality TV. Uh, my mom used to call Flavor my my boyfriend growing up. So, <laughs> uh, there's, I mean, it's like rated R movies or anything or shows, you know, anything of that nature. I wasn't allowed to watch, but like anything like PG-14, whatever, TV-14, oh, I was locked in. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, now I have to ask about the reality TV shows because you can't just say that and not talk about it.
1: <laughs> I watch so much reality TV; it has transformed my mind, um, not for the better. I was just thinking how my vocabulary has been absolutely terrible. Typos have been terrible because I have not been read. I just watch reality TV all the time. Um, but growing up, flavor of love. I love New York. Uh, Real Chance of Love, any of those type shows, like VH1 shows, like I'm locked in, like me and my best friend Ashley, we like memorized all season two of Flavor of Love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my faves. And as I got older, um, I watched like all the Little Women uh, franchise shows, Little Women, LA, Atlanta, Dallas, New York, all that. Uh, some of my faves. And now, right now, I'm really locked in. Of course, uh, Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> top one of my faves of all time and right now I'm locked into uh, Sister Wives so okay. uh yeah <laughs>
0: it's
1: a <lot> of TLC. <laughs> I, I love TLC and I love like all the little people shows like that is my thing I love it because they're seen as like just like outcasts of society and yet like what these shows per you know portray is that they're just regular humans just like ourselves that's what Sister Wives kind of shows to is Polygamy is such a taboo topic, um, and it just shows, you know, they're just regular humans that have, you know, normal relationships, have kids, have bonds, Um, they just have four marriages, and they're brought together by their marriage, so
0: that's why I love reality TV. I feel like my interest in reality TV is weird, because I only really like shows like Survivor or, like, (laughs) things like that. Oh, you like like game shows. Yeah, but it has to be, like, intense, like, I think... (laughs) <laughs> I did not like Survivor for a long time. I refused to watch it. And one of my teachers in high school was obsessed with it. And he like applied to get on it every single year. And he always talked about it. So I was like, all right, I finally have to watch this because there's no way you're this crazy about something that's not good. And I was okay. like locked in like one episode in and I was like, oh my God, like, like this is what we're really like when we don't have to worry about this and that. And oh my God, like, and I was just in it. But, and it's like, if it's not like something where like something on the line, I don't. I can't, I lose interest so fast.
1: <laughs> no, I understand. Anyway, so you like those intense shows. I like um, Naked and Afraid. It's not really in a competition for anything for money. Like it's just literally like for people to say, I, I did that, um, which those are the craziest people. If you're not <laughs> even competing for money, like what are you doing? Uh, but I really enjoyed that show. I used to watch that um, when I was in college. Yeah, it was my college show.
0: If you had to go on a reality show, what would you choose?
1: Oof. You see, I love watching Reality TV, but I would never want to be in it because they just, they paint you terribly. They really do. They, it's all about the drama. So they're really gonna pull out any drama you have in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me think of one that I would like to be on. Um, I don't know, something like Amazing Race. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know they really try to pull the heartstrings so you know it's it's promoted well and it it really shines light on the good part of the people of course they try to show some drama but like something like that adventure exploring the world That's i can do you. that i can do amazing grace
0: trying yeah. to protect the reputation
1: exactly <laughs> I have people. to I have to my parents my parents especially my mom uh, raised me to be very particular about how my image is mm. is shown to the public, so. <laughs>
0: what was that? And now like? I'm
1: actually, yeah, you know, it's, it's just what I'm used to, um, but, like, growing up, it kind of was a blessing and a curse because I thought a lot about people's opinions, and, like, I was always trying to please people. Um, and that's something I had to teach myself, like, you know, I can't please everyone. And I really do like I'm sorry, someone that like I need people to like me if they don't like me. I'm like, what the heck did I do to you? Like, how can I show you that I'm a great person? Um, and that's something I had to, to learn as I got older that not everyone's going to like you um, and uh, build kind of a tougher skin for society. But I, I kind of still do have that that mindset about, you know, my image and how I'm portrayed, you um, so yeah, that's that's Erica for me. That's like I guess that's a, some a deep fact not a lot of people know about me. <laughs> First on your podcast, so there we go. Wow, there
0: we go. That's the clip right there. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you think that that played a part in your college career?
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. In just the way that I um, I didn't want to make a mistake, so I would you know my coaches is like always to like me um, and. I don't know if if you've seen um, the 30 for 30 dream on you talk about like the favorite on the team. Like I was the team favorite. Everyone knows that like Mm. you can ask any of my teammates, I was the team favorite. (laughs) Uh, And like, I don't know if that's because like I was always trying to please her or if if that's just who I am and the person that I was, she just enjoyed who I was. But I I feel like it did, you know, I always wanted to, to make sure that, you know, I went out my way to make sure my teammates enjoyed me. And, And maybe, you know, that ended up helping me in the, in the long run, you know, with me being a successful player and my teammates just wanting to play with me. I feel like that's a big part of basketball. Like you not gonna be good if your teammates don't like you. <laughs> so <laughs> so I feel like, yeah, that could have played a, a, a part in my, my college career for sure.
0: Now, how would you describe your college years?
1: Oh man, I loved it. I love Stanford. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was tough, it's mentally tough. Um, and we call it, at Stanford, we call it intellectual brutality. <laughs> That's something that we call it.
0: <laughs> That's intense.
1: Um, yes, it, it is intense. Um, and, you know, it, it challenged me physically, mentally, but overall, like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I remember, like, sophomore year, I thought about, like, transferring because I felt like I wasn't getting my playing time that I deserved. I felt like I wasn't being understood as a player. And, uh, man, like, looking back at it, I'm like, so glad that you know i decided to stay and push it out because that next year was like my breakout year at stanford and they got even better tara was like a lot more personable as a coach which we really enjoyed as a team um and that made my experience all the more better when you know the team was really bonded with the coaches and then basketball was great um the academics a lot of people like always ask me what, what the academics are like to mean i majored in a fuzzy <laughs> a fuzzy major <laughs> what was you which is psychology okay i majored in psychology and everyone's like what you major in psychology at stanford and i was like yeah <laughs> i did but i don't i wouldn't say that it was like extremely hard i was i think that i succeeded at stanford because i just worked hard i think i didn't have the best scores like i i had good grades but like going into like my test scores were basic Average at best, mediocre at best and <laughs> <I had> mediocre <laughs> test scores. Thank God for a basketball soft scholarship that helped me out with that. <laughs> but honestly, like my hard work allowed me to to be successful on the court. Like I wasn't the best player at Stanford, but on the court and in academics helped me be successful, uh, finished with the three five. So that was pretty cool. So I love Stanford. Long <laughs> I <first year. laughs>
0: I just like blanked because now I'm trying to think of what that space was like for you because you you grew up in a space like that, or like mm-hmm. around there at least. So yeah. even though you didn't make a huge transition location wise, what was that like for you?
1: It was a transition for me physically. The most like basketball was probably the biggest transition for me. um Of course, you know I lived in Bakersfield, so like you said, it's it's only a four hour drive to go up north. Um, so that was nice transition for me but like basketball like we literally like lifted probably like five times out of the year in high school it's um, <laughs> so like oh my gosh I love telling the story like my first day my first day at Stanford we do conditioning and we do like a strength test and we do a push-up test to see how many push-ups that you can do you know Sinead's cranking out like 35 40 you know the, the guards are like just just pushing them out and it was my turn I was the last to go it's my turn Eric your turn <laughs> I think I got nine. I got nine push-ups. I kept trying to go, and she's like, "Not low enough. Not low (laughs) enough. Not low enough." And I was like shaking at the end. I was like, "Oh my! This is a disgrace." Nine push-ups, and so that was just like a shock into what college was like. That first week of workouts, I did a versa climber. Had no idea what a versa climber was. You know, if anyone doesn't know, it's like it's like she's like upward you're oh. moving your arms, you're moving your legs, you know, it's like you're climbing essentially, like climbing a mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that, um, we did a, a Versa workout and um, I went to take a step right after the, the workout and I almost collapsed. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, Janae, like my, my legs, she's like, yeah, you got, you got the tight legs, you know, that's what happens, you know, when you're the Versa. And I was like, I'm not gonna make college. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. I'm not gonna make it here. <laughs> it's, it was a really tough transition for me because it was just all everything was new, you know, the weight, the weightlifting, waking up early at six in the morning, you know, to do all that stuff, and then go to summer school, and then it was just a whole new balance of life that I had to learn, that was probably the toughest transition for me. Really, all freshman year, it was, it was tough for me.
0: Yeah. Do you think going through transitions like that helped you later on?
1: Exiting. Oh, conditions? absolutely yeah absolutely Um, 'cause because it made it it made it better for me going into the pros just knowing that i went through like something extremely hard for me and i knew like and honestly going from the pros or going from college to the pros wasn't as bad as the transition because um stanford prepared us like pros so we ran like a pro like offense um we lifted our butts off conditioning was was freaking hard like i was in shape like going into the pros it, that was an easy transition for me because of what i went through you know my freshman year now of course going into the pros that's a whole different type of transition i think it was harder on me mentally trying to learn my style of play how do i fit in with this team um play against freaking you know 10-year vets you know playing against my Moore and Ken park like living people in my position um still trying to find my role on a new team who was finding its identity and is still finding his identity. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's the Indiana fever. <laughs> <laughs> and I was part of that first year, the first year of the post Tamika Catchings era. And so that was our first year trying to figure out things with Pokey Chapman's her first year. Um, and it was a struggle for all of us. And I was the only rookie on my team. So I didn't even have anyone for me to try to relate to. So everyone was like out doing their own thing on their own and like, you know, going to eat or whatever. And like me, i would just like, go home and <laughs> go all by myself. And uh, my teammates were great, but it was definitely a tough transition for me. Me being on the rookie, me coming on a team, still trying to, you know, or beginning to learn its identity um, and, and coming from a team that just came off of a Final Four run to a team that didn't make playoffs. Um, so it was a lot of losing. So a lot <laughs> of new experiences going into rookie year. Um, but like you said, all these experiences prepared me for where I am now. Because if I didn't go through what I went through in Indiana, in Indiana, I wouldn't have been able to succeed like how I did with the Lynx and and with the mystics.
0: Mm-hmm. And what was your one of your favorite moments while you were at Indiana, despite all of the <laughs> all of the <laughs> chaos?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I have. Um, on the court. <laughs> it
0: doesn't have to it, doesn't... <laughs> it can you know, it can be off the court. You know, whatever uh, it needs okay, to
1: I'll, be. I'll give you I'll give you one of each. I do remember <laughs> one of my favorite moments. Um on the court, like we had just it was we had just lost uh ten in a row, I think it was. It was like a new record or something like that. We just lost ten in a row and uh, we had one at home. It was like I had had brought in rain after a drought and it was just like we had just embraced the rain and we were just like oh my like hallelujah like we were like so hyped, and um then all i do is win after the game and i remember uh, tiffany hayes had tweeted like uh indiana Fever has some nerve playing all i do is win after they got their first win in the <laughs> after 10 games uh, <laughs> speaking I was into it that's one of yeah exactly exactly that was one of my uh my my favorite moments on the court (laughs) off the court man i love indiana off the court um i actually like would consider living there if their winters weren't so harsh Um, but i made met some amazing people in indiana probably one of my favorite moments off the court oof let me think um i had a lot of amazing memories with with my teammate stephanie Mavunga. and we've been knowing each other since we were 16 years old um and so when she came to play for indiana man it was like you know we were kids again we would always go out to eat we would go to cheesecake like once a week and pick each other up and go to the candies we just ate that was my favorite part india was the, the food scene i really enjoyed it
0: <laughs> nice which city do you think has the best food out of the WNBA cities
1: Ooh, man you can be some hard hitters best food <laughs> Stephanie made a list. She made a list of like all the cities we went to. And she would write like um, the three restaurants or something that like we should try. Um, and my favorite probably was, hmm, I'm going through everything in my mind. Probably Atlanta, I would say. Atlanta has probably some of the best food. Soul food, of course. We would always go to Cheesecake Factory too, there. <laughs> <laughs> I, but they have probably some of the best food that I enjoy eating there. Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. They have some pretty darn good food.
0: Most people I know don't like the Cheesecake Factory, so I'm surprised to hear you bring it up so many times.
1: Oh, it's my favorite restaurant. It's me and Stephanie's favorite restaurant. Really? We actually thought about, yeah, like thinking about you know, purchasing one <laughs> like when we got older. We, like, we were actually like doing research for it, um, and we found out it's like a private uh, franchise, so you can't like buy into it. But yeah, it's our favorite restaurant. Favorite. Just had some last night. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I feel like a few brownie points out for me but i feel like i can accept it just a little bit
1: accept me please
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is i mean atlanta is also a big music city so i have to ask what's like what's your favorite type of music who's your favorite musician
1: yeah i love uh i love r&b that's my favorite genre for sure and i love hip-hop as well um but as i get older like it's hard for me to connect more with the new style of hip-hop that they have out here. Now, I love connecting with the new style R&B. I love that. Um, like, you know, Jasmine Sullivan, Ari Lennox, Summer Walker, all that good stuff. Um, I love listening to them. But the new age hip-hop, i sound old. It's, it's <laughs> difficult for me to connect to. <laughs> it is. It is. Like, but I love, like, Migos. Like, Migos has music that I like. I still enjoy. Um, like the older people that I listen to, Future, Migos, Drake, Kendrick, like they have music that I still do, but it's like the new age rappers that I'm like, ah.
0: You just can't do it.
1: (laughs) Can't get jiggy with it. Can't get jiggy with it.
0: (laughs) Were you into R&B like growing up too, or were you?
1: Yes. Um, my dad, we would listen to, um, 90s R&B all all the way back to, like, 50s and 60s, like, we would listen to stuff all the way back then um, on the the radio, and so I've always been a huge fan of R&B just because the way that my dad, and we had, like, this huge connection with it, and so, yeah, I mean, he's, I thank him for my music taste because it is, it is what it is because of him and the way that he helped me develop uh, an amazing I think collection of music that I have within my archives so shout out to my pops <laughs> all the way back from the Temptations we will listen Ooh. to um, to what we yeah woo, I love using Temptations yes
0: <laughs> I just got on my guest um from the last episode uh Kira because she had never seen like the Temptations biopic she had never seen have you seen wow. the five heartbeats
1: Okay, I haven't seen the full Five Heartbeats movie. Like, I always catch, like, little clips of it. And I know, like, that iconic scene where the sister's singing with the brother in the room. I know that part. Um, oh my that's about God. it. I did. I have seen The Temptations. I've seen The Michael Jackson... Uh, shoot, what's, what's it called? What's American
0: this? Dream. Jackson Five American, American
1: Dream. American Dream, yeah. I've seen The Michael Jackson like 10 times. Um, it's a full day. You just be chilling at the house and just be we run it all day. Uh, but yeah, the five heartbeats, I, I I, know. I'm ashamed to say.
0: This is the second time in a row thing. that my heart has been broken. That is my favorite like, classic movie. I cannot believe
1: this. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm actually losing cool hurt. points by the moment. Man, <laughs> I got to gain some. I got to gain some back. My goodness.
0: But I was talking to someone recently about that connection with music and parents, especially in the black community and that like passing on that happens because I had a similar relationship with my mom and soul music and R&B. And I remember one time I was like hanging out with my older sister who's like 10 years older than me. And I was like, Alexa, put on a rubber band, man. And she thought I was talking about T.I. and I was talking about the like like, oldies, oldies. Um, And she was like, what the, (laughs) like, who are you? Like whose grandmother is this? (laughs) Um, and I'm just, like, bopping out on the side with my mom.
1: I love it. I love it. <laughs>
0: but it's definitely... Like, I feel like in every culture, there's, like, different forms of love that we see, um, especially within families. And I think music is such a big one in the black community. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And it's, like, continuing to be... And it's so interesting seeing how music is changing and, like, with the new age hip-hop. Um, yes. And, like, that whole wave, which is really interesting because i also i don't really get it <laughs>
1: either my brother loves it some of it i can vibe
0: with some of it i'm yeah. just like i get it but no um but it's interesting to see what it's going to be like in a, like the next generation and like what music's going to be passed down or whether like yep. it's going to be like that type of like older r&b or like if it'll be like the r&b we're listening to now or whatever um but yeah that's that's weird i couldn't imagine like passing down, like, the current, like, hip-hop is, like, that, like, <laughs> that, like, parent-child connection. Yeah, I knew I'd, I could have
1: that connection, you know, with, with my child, like, I would, now the R&B, man, I would put them on, man, we gonna listen to this, like, we gonna listen to this, some soul, sir, Is my guy, we gonna listen to some, sir, but yeah, I don't even know how to, what music to put on for these, for these kids, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the most,
0: like, auntie moment so far.
1: You know, I am turning 27, and I'm reaching auntie years, so, (laughs) oh, man, shoot. My friends do call me Ari, Ari Chambers does call me an auntie sometimes, so I guess (laughs) I will embrace it. (laughs) I mean, you
0: are a real-life auntie, too, so what's that like for you? I am,
1: I am. No, it's super dope. Um, I actually haven't been able to see my nieces in a while, because every time I do, like, I'm playing... And then when I wanna see them, they're like in Florida with their other mom. So it's been tough being able to try to see them, but I love like watching them grow, even if I have to watch them grow through social media right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, there's a time where I can see them more. I mean, they're just absolutely like the dopest kids. Like, I think they're so amazing. I think and it's amazing how my sister and Candace have allowed them to express themselves at such a young age, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, maybe when we were younger, you know, our parents put us in dresses, you know, and they're, you know, I have twins. Um, I also have a nephew, and he's like, he's eight months. Um, but with the twins, like, the twins wear what they want to wear. They express who they who they are at a young age. I got, you know, and one niece that loves bows and dresses and pink and and all that good stuff. And then we got Callie on the other hand, you know, and she likes wearing, you know, shirts and, with trucks and and monsters on it. And and I just and I just love how they're able to express themselves and how they're twins yet so different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's pretty darn cool being able to see, you know, like my family growing up with my little nephew, he's so cute, um, be able to be around them. And and I'm really excited for when, you know, I get older and I stop playing ball where I can be able to really see, you know, my nieces and nephew um, a lot more and be able to be the auntie that I want to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> see, I... I was an aunt before, like, when I was, like, three. Like, like,
1: I have... Oh, yeah. You're like my sister.
0: I think the last time I counted, I had, like, 18 nieces and nephews.
1: Wow. Um, How many siblings do you have?
0: I have five siblings on my mother's side. Then I Mm -hmm. have two on my dad's side and two step-siblings. And then my mom is, like, one of those people that, like, took in other people's kids and, like, raised them. So, there's, like, people who, like, aren't my siblings, but they're my siblings.
1: Right. Um, No, I understand.
0: So, it's weird because I have, like, nieces and nephews that are, like, 16 and, like, starting high school. And then I have some that are, like, three. And are, like, (laughs) it's so weird. Like, at that age gap, it's, like, I don't really know how to connect. Also, I think because I'm so close to, like, the 16-year-old age, because I'm only 20, it's, like, all right, like. Oh, this, is this, this is weird. This is weird because I know what you're <laughs> going through and I need you to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to get past this. Already. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It's interesting. It's definitely exciting.
1: That's for sure. That's for, that, you're, like, you're like my sister. Um, she's eight right now. And so the twins just turned five. So, yeah, she's only three years older than them. And she's, what, eight years older than my nephew. So, like, she's going to have that interesting bond with the twins where she's only three years older than them. Um, uh, She was already yeah. telling him to, to listen to her. I'm like, girl, you are only three years older than now. Listen to you. <laughs> so, she's going to be interesting. I, I love that little girl. Sometimes she reminds me of uh, Angelica Pickles, So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dang.
1: <laughs> oh, man. No, she's great. She's great. She's just very independent because all her siblings are at least 16 years older than her. Mm. So, <laughs> she just... She knows what she wants. She knows how to, you know, to demand it and, and she's gonna gonna do it. And so I, I love that kid. I love to I now I really try to bomb my little sister when I come back home because I know we have such a large age difference. And um I only i only get to see her like a couple of times out of the year. So when I do come home, I mean I really try to spend some quality time with her. I take her to a movie, um, even just to get something to eat. Like I took her to Taco Bell. Um and she's ah love that kid. Love her. <laughs>
0: I'm the same way where all of my siblings are at least 10 years older than me and Mm. like all of my mom's kids were three years apart and then 10 years later there was me and it was like and like literally all of my siblings when they found out she was pregnant was like why are you having a baby I she was was 39 (laughs) and they were like what are you doing like are you serious are you really about to start over (laughs) Um, so by the time I was born all of my brothers were already out of the house doing their own thing and it was just yeah. me and my sister, who was 10, who um, was just like, oh, this is my little baby doll. And, <laughs> and she would just, like, take me everywhere and, like, do me up yeah. like a Barbie. And I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> this is the life. And that was, like, our way of connecting and bonding um, and trying to, like, bridge that gap. But even then, growing up and, like, being that young was still so hard. And, like, seeing all my siblings, like, go off and it's like, all right, I'm 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 here with mom. <laughs> like, See you guys yep. later <laughs>
1: yeah that that is her all the way she'd be chilling with them and they'd be going to sleep oh now you know they'd be going to sleep and uh, she'd just be up just watching tv <laughs> yeah.
0: for sure just i feel myself up. getting old because i was getting ready for this and you know i'm a night owl i told you this i'd be up you until are. like 1 a.m 2 a.m most of the time um and today i was just like man like I really have to be up at ten o'clock. Like I've really wanna go, like, I wanna go to sleep right now. But I was like so determined. I was like, I'm gonna take a cat nap. I'm gonna set this alarm, it's gonna be okay. I also moved this week, so I think my like my whole system is just I, saw, I
1: saw, so saw yeah. Shut
0: down. But I was like, I gotta do it, I gotta do it. Like she's busy, she's not she got all this oh stuff going on, she about to go overseas, we, I gotta catch her. So I made sure I, I made sure I made kidding. it work.
1: <laughs> I'll be chill. I appreciate you taking a little cat nap you you going out your way to to make <laughs> this happen. And I was like, man, I got to get on c's podcast because I know how the podcasting world works. I know how it is first starting off, and uh you know I can do anything to help you in your in your journey. I'm all for it.
0: I appreciate it i like I first had this idea like six years ago, my freshman year of high school because Growing up, like, none of my siblings, well, my brothers were into sports, but they were, like, grown and, like, doing their own thing. My sister wasn't. Yeah. None of my friends were. So I had this, like, huge passion. I wanted to talk about it. And I was like, oh, my God, did you see this? Did you see that? I don't I remember, like, the 2015 World Cup was, like, that first big event that I ever saw. And I was, mm-hmm. like, losing my mind. And none of my friends knew what I was talking about. I was like, oh, my God. And they would listen to me, but I knew they were, like getting tired like they would like listen right. act like they knew what was going on but I know they were just being nice and I was like all right I need to create something where like I can get this out and I wanted to make a podcast and I was like I don't really know how to do that so let me just make a blog <laughs> and then two years later I was like I want to make a podcast I was like still don't know what to do so <laughs> I'm gonna make another blog um and then finally things just fell into place and I was like mm. I need to make a space just because I feel like when it comes to black women, especially in the world of sports, so many media opportunities are like based on like suffering and like this like overcoming and this like adversity. When there's so much other so many other qualities to show and yeah, so much more to celebrate, a person. yeah. Um, and it's just tiring to go through that. I couldn't imagine having to like have those conversations all the time. So. Needs Thanks. to be some lightness, some kindness, some softness sometimes. So
1: I love it. Here
0: we are. I love
1: it. Here we are. I love it. That's what's up. I love
0: up. it. And I feel like, I mean, obviously, I listen to your podcast. I have to listen to your podcast. Not that I wouldn't listen to it if I didn't work for you, but um, I think I also didn't expect you to be as funny as you were, as you are before. <laughs> I started listening to your podcast because I knew I knew about you and I knew a little bit about yeah. your personality, but I was just like, I don't know, you know. I feel like most <laughs> most players in the W are pretty comedic um, in the <laughs> grand scheme, but I wasn't really prepared for what it was until I started listening to your podcast. So I was like, oh, this is this is kind of hilarious.
1: <laughs> I'm corny funny. That's why I like to call it. And shout out to my dad for that. Um, Gave <laughs> me all the corniness um <laughs> but yeah you know and, and that's something that sh- that you talked about is just doing something that you're passionate about and that's what i had to learn i had a podcast almost five years ago and it was about like pop culture like shade room type stuff um and it was cool but like i don't really connect with what i was talking about and i was like man if i'm gonna start a podcast all over again it's it's gonna be something that i enjoy talking about i'm like shoot overseas basketball women's basketball i mean i love it I'm, I'm doing it i'm living it um and people need to know more about what we go through and so yeah i'm so happy that you found something that you're passionate about which is was women's sports all alone alone you know it needs more coverage and for you to be able to bring light in a positive light um it's so needed and I'm so proud
0: of you. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs>
1: you are talking about giving people their flowers. Uh, I give people their flowers on my podcast, so I got to give it to you on, on yours. <laughs> oh, my God,
0: thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am honored. Absolutely. Um, by the podcast extraordinaire, um, to be given a <laughs> it means a lot. Um, I was talking to my friends the other day, and I told you this, too. I was like, I have to I have to work on my intro because Erica's interviews are always so good. They're always so funny. I was like, I got to work on my intro, dang.
1: <laughs> no, no, you know, my, my intro, it comes like naturally, like at first, probably in the first, my first season, like I was really like, I would practice to be like, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode, but like I would practice um, before I had, you know, a show and now it just comes naturally to me. So it'll, it'll come to you and, and it's going to be fun to be able to, to see the progression, you know, through your episodes. And that's really what I've seen, especially from the first season. And how much I've grown and being more lax with my, my guests and just be able to have a conversation with them. So, yeah, podcasting. Yeah. Uh, with it.
0: <laughs> I definitely, like, with my first episode, although I really liked it, it was really interesting. I feel like it was so interview driven because that's what I was, like, mm. used to. Yeah. And I was listening to you after the fact. and I was like, that's not what I want this space to be um and I was so excited like the last episode I was like oh my god like, this was so like lax and fun and chill yes yes um, yes and like oh my god like this is the safe space I wanted wow <laughs> um, so it's just one of those and now you're here and it's even funnier so
1: yeah growth growth,
0: growth, growth.
1: I love what you said, safe space. That's beautiful because a lot of guests come on these shows, especially athletes. We come on these shows and like we're like, man, it's about to be boring. They're finna ask me the same dang questions that I always get asked. It's not funny. It's like as soon as you finish, you like, can I get off? They try to talk to you for another 10 minutes about what your life about. I'm like we just went through the whole episode. <laughs> like you, you could have asked me that on the episode. So like creating a safe space for athletes is like so enjoyable for us, like for us to be able to actually have fun. Like, this is fun for me. Like I love just sitting down and talking with you. And then that's what I try to bring on my podcast as well for us to have a conversation. Cause I think people go into, going go to a podcast, when I hit up people like, Hey, I'm a podcast. People are like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> another one. So I'm like, I'm trying to create, you know, a fun safe place for you to be able just to just express yourself, express your story. Cause a lot of people, don't know what you know we have went through as athletes and as female athletes um and so i just try to make it fun and then i love the questions that you're asking because it's definitely fun for me it's something different we like something different
0: it reminds me of when um Brittany was on your uh your show a few weeks ago and she yeah. was like um during the tournament like all the media came up asking the same questions, and she was like just look at the last interview like i don't want to keep telling you this um yes so i definitely i definitely feel that and i used to A few years ago, I had an internship with a company where I was interviewing college athletes on Instagram Live, like, every week. Um, And they had, like, specific things that they wanted us to talk about. And I was like, all right, like, I know you're not going to enjoy this. I'm not going to enjoy this. Like, it is what it is. (laughs) We're going to get it done. We're going to give you some shine. And I'm going to get this. And we're going to be done. Um, But it's so (laughs) nice to, like, not to be able to do it on my own and, like, give my own perspective and voice um and all and all that all that jazz all that jazz, and all
1: <laughs> that jazz. yes,
0: sir. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean i feel like you're very outspoken now especially obviously yeah, are on show but um outside of that even on your social media you're very vocal about what you believe in the causes that you want to support was that i know like before especially with the like people please that you talked about before how did that Come about
1: for you? Ooh, it's still hard. It's honestly still hard for me to be able to fully express what I want to express. And just thinking about like, what what are people gonna think about me? Like, what comments are gonna, am I gonna get? Um, But I found that like things that I'm truly passionate about, like I like, I just feel within myself that I have to speak up. Like, there's some things you you just can't be quiet about. You know, such as abortion rights. That like it really speaks to me. Um, Black women's health, huge. Uh, B.G. Today, you know, you know, they announced her sentencing of of nine years. And for me, I I think I know kind of the process. Like, okay, we kind of got to wait for the the, the prisoner's swap to happen. So I'm I'm still very hopeful for, her, even though they did announce nine years. But I think the most frustrating for frustrating thing for me was within the black community seeing that people saying, Well, she did it, so she she, you know, did it and gotta do the time when mm-hmm. they have people, they're they're tweeting out or, or, or on Facebook saying the same like, man, you know, my homie down, you know, they just caught him for some weed. I'm like, you but <laughs> but she she had less, wasn't even trying to sell and you guys don't have any empathy for her. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's mind blowing for me within the black community that they just don't have any uh, empathy for her, despite they have people that they're close to going through the same thing as her and they want them out, but mm-hmm. can't express that with her. And so that's probably the most frustrating thing within the Black community. And, we, and then within the Black community, we have a lot of, of um, what's the word? hypocrisy. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, that goes for a lot of different communities, but it's just tough to see, especially in this moment because I feel so connected because it is a woman's basketball player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, experiencing this right now, so I feel like, you know, I needed to express myself in a way, and maybe it's not the most, um, the most strongest of, of, of words I can use, like, I'm not Natasha Cloud, that girl can speak what's on her mind, mm-hmm. cuss words in awe, like, you'll never see me cuss on Twitter, um, <laughs> I don't cuss in, in general, but, yeah, exactly. Image, image. So, so like it, like like I said, um, it's it's always a, a battle for me to express like what I want to. But sometimes it's just in life where I just feel like you I'm like, I gotta say something. I gotta speak up because this is unacceptable. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's where I'm at with that.
0: Yeah, it's so easy for people to pass judgment when they know it will never come back to them. Like when it's so far disconnected. Um, plus, I just feel like empathy is something that's not taught enough. Um, in mm. the black community, it's not focused on enough, and especially because so many elements of childhood focus on judgment and focus on fitting into this space and being this ideal person and whatever like area you're in everywhere is different, but there's yes. always that pressure, like be this thing um and I think there's just so much othering that happens in the black community yes. that for no real reason, and like no no benefit comes out of it um, other than making themselves feel better for a second and then moving on. Um, But, you know, it sucks, (laughs) some things suck, but I do think you do a really good job at speaking up even though you don't curse and you may not be as as put together as Natasha Cloud is with some of your (laughs) statements. Um, it's, It's seen, it's appreciated. I know the people who see your work Value it, and they listen, and they oh, they beautiful.
1: learn from me. Thank you, you Steve. I of appreciate course. that. I really do. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes I'm like, man, I'm not doing enough. Um, so it's cool, cool to hear that. Thank you.
0: Yes, 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 yes. I feel like that's such a common issue, especially I feel like Black women are always pushed to like be on it and like constantly be working and moving, and there's this idea that we have to like keep going no matter what um and it's so easy to get stuck in this idea that like my like my worth is stuck to like my what I'm producing or what I'm giving to the world um it's like no you're worthy because you're alive and you're breathing and you're here and you're on this earth but it's so easy to get caught up in that because of the world we live in and that's something that I had to think about a lot this summer where like I wasn't in school and I like didn't feel like I was like doing as much as I could and I wasn't like doing being as active as I wanted to be in my community and I was like what am I really doing here like what is the point of me mm-hmm. being here if I'm not producing something and I had to step back and remind myself that like you are you are existing you are surviving in a world that is built against you and that is hard yes. and that takes yes. giving yourself time and being kind to yourself and realizing that you don't have to be on a thousand percent all the time you don't have to be doing something for yep. other people all the time sometimes you can just sit and relax and that's okay um which is so just not it's just not a thing that we're taught until yeah, it's it's very too late a lot of the time yep
1: yep nice.
0: thank you thank you thank you you know i was a um, creative writer for six years i studied it in <laughs> there we go so you know
1: I have a way with
0: words um, <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely something that I feel like especially being in the women's sports community is so so much more obvious especially with the WNBA and it being uh ruled by the minority in a lot of ways compared to leagues like the NWSL where yep. it's hard to even like there's not even a black person on every team and there's not even enough yep. to be on you know and it's it's weird to seeing that the same amount of work is being done, but it's not being seen, and it's so easy to be like, "Well, I'm not doing enough because yep. the, like because of what the community has built around me, yes. Um, yes. and that's not, that's not the case. I just want to like hug like every black woman and be like, "You're okay. Uh, <laughs> oh. You're fine."
1: Thank you.) <laughs> <laughs> No, we need we need more hugs and we need more love and appreciation um, as a black women and the stuff that we go through, the trauma that we go through uh, within our community is is, is definitely tough. Um, so hugs all around. And I'm not a hugger, but hugs are needed. <laughs>
0: I'm not a hugger either. It's too hot for that, especially right now.
1: But <laughs> I will give fast. I will
0: give the hugs. <laughs> oh, sorry. Do you think that Obviously, I feel like being in like a league that is so uh, minority driven, even like going overseas, do you, like how does that impact your your view of like
1: your power? The playing in the WBA has given me so much power um, with with it being a majority Black female league. Um, man, like especially in the bubble season, I think I felt most empowered because we were doing all this work, especially, you know, the leaders of the WMBPA were you know, they're the front, you know, they are like the people on the front um, really, you know, taking all the shots and doing all the work. Um, but me being a part of that, I'm like, man, I feel so powerful. I feel like what I say matters, what I do matters, and that we are helping other Black women um, feel empowered and knowing that they are loved and supported and, and being a part of that league. That's that's probably the best part of being part of the league. Like, man, you are empowering other young girls who want to be just like you
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and empowering spaces for people to feel safe. You know, I feel like uh, the league has allowed women of color um even people who who are identify as, as trans, you know, to be able to come in in a safe space and just feel embraced, like no matter who you are, like the WBA is going to support you. Like we are a family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who you identify with, you are going to love and support you, and that's what I love most about the WBA.
0: Agreed. I feel like when it comes to like different sports leagues, the WBA is like a little behind in a lot of a lot of categories, but I feel like one of the main mm, ones.
1: <laughs> That's another podcast on its own. <laughs> yes. But
0: one of the main ones that they're always on the top of is that player community and that player support. Yes. And I remember, yes. especially in the bubble season, there were so many people who I knew had never paid attention to the W before. Like, I mm. knew I had never seen them post before. I had talked to them about it. They didn't know anything about it before. And, like, suddenly they like I saw them, like, sharing these posts about like, these black women banding together and, like, really getting into it because they saw this, like, sense of strength especially because that was such a dark time for everybody with the protest and everything and like I don't even remember most of that summer because it was so much happening but yeah yeah I remember like that breath that it was I was able to take seeing that type of demonstration and that type of strength and knowing that it exists and that it's possible even going through that and even with the BG situation seeing everybody show that support and show that love or like with everyone posting their pictures like um, yesterday and like sharing that sense of connection it just gives so much light um, when like things are really heavy um, and it helps break that down in a way that is pretty hard to do otherwise
1: Yep. one of the beautiful things about Elite there's other things that are Need much improvement on. <laughs> and maybe maybe you can have a podcast about that.
0: Um, <laughs> yes, I'll have a wrap to express table. that.
1: There we go. There we go.
0: Well, I feel like we should start wrapping up. But I've I've had a great time talking to you. This was fun. Loved it. Thank you. I'm glad you loved it. I'm glad it was fun. That was the goal. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> I feel proud. Look you. Sound my like pleasure. me when, when, when my guests what my guests they're like this is what I like. That was the goal. That
0: was it. Uh, You are amazing. You are phenomenal. The work you do is valuable. People see it. People hear it. People acknowledge it. I acknowledge it. Listening to your podcast, seeing all the work that you do is so inspiring. I'm so happy that I'm able to connect with you on the level that I am um like I still remember like calling my friends when you like first messaged me were like yo do you still want to do this and I was like oh my god like like, everything works out I knew it was gonna work out oh my goodness like the world just loves me um (laughs) (laughs) so I'm just I'm so grateful for you and the light that you bring into every space that you enter so thank you so much for being on this show
1: Thank you, Steve. this was a true blessing. Thank you. So proud of you. Um, call you my, Chanae Wumake used to call me PJ, which meant protege. So I'm gonna call you my, my PJ. Yes,
0: <laughs> I will take it with grace. Absolutely. And I will- Thank enjoy, you for having me on. Of course, and I have to highlight your podcast, of course, because it's amazing. Bird's Eye View available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere, at Bird's Eye View on Instagram and Twitter um make sure you go listen to it because it's pretty fire destiny slocum was on the new episode and you should go okay. listen to it so <laughs> gotta give you that shout out before i let you go the plug, even though, the
1: plug. That, that was the family plug right there <laughs> even though you haven't
0: seen the five heartbeats and i am disappointed and heartbroken i still have to show you love because that's how great i am and I feel like you should watch it because that's how great you are.
1: Oh, I will. Okay. I will. I will. And that—that <laughs> that is a promise to you that I will watch it. Now, I don't know when. Sometime, you know, I'm going to watch it while I'm overseas. Okay. that That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to hit you up like, yo, see, I watched it. This it. is amazing, amazing movie. All great right. movie. It's not better than the Temptations, but it's amazing. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
0: <laughs> I got you. I'll hold your brownie <laughs> points on the side until then. They let. They let.